Billions of years ago, a race of immortals harnessed the most powerful force in existence, the emerald energy of willpower. These immortals, the guardians of the universe, built a world from where they could watch over all of existence, the planet Oa. They divided the universe into 3,600 sectors. A ring powered by the energy of will was sent to every sector to select a recruit. In order to be chosen by the ring, it was said one must be without fear. Together, these 3,600 recruits formed the intergalactic peacekeepers known as the Green Lantern Corps. to another episode of Emerald Echo, a Green Lantern podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? What's up, Lantern fans? It's the man who sells motor oil to the Manhunter robots as a side hustle. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. I don't know how you come up with these every single time. Um, you're going to have to come up with another introduction because we have a very special guest this week. Uh, oh, do we us. ever. All right, well, take it away. Who do we have? Take it away. Listeners of the Emerald Echo, let me introduce a comic book legend. His work ranges from the Legion of Superheroes to Harkins Raiders, but you will know him as the co-creator of the Torchbearer, Kyle Rayner. It is my great honor to introduce Green Lantern Royalty. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Daryl Banks. Yay! Very good, very good. And the crowd goes wild. That's I'm right, waiting yeah. for this. I'm waiting for this comic legend to show up. Where, 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 where is that person? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome, Daryl. Thanks for for joining us. Um, and uh, and we're, it was an honor to have you here. Um, Thank you. And uh, we we both Donnie and I. Our favorite Green Lantern is is Kyle. So it's 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 extra special uh, to have. Uh, to have you here with us to discuss um, his first real, um, you know, story arc and run uh, of his own. I mean, because the last few issues that we uh, we reviewed, he made a couple of uh, uh, small appearances, but this is the first the first full uh, full storyline with him. So, uh, so it's good to have, uh, and it's a pleasure to have you here with us. So, thank Glad you. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So, Donnie, where where would you like to uh, to start? Well, I tell you, let's uh, let's ask Daryl a little bit about the days that led up to this and about Kyle's creation before we jump into the story itself. So, Daryl, what can you tell us about the the time leading up to Kyle taking over as the titular character for Green Lantern? What was interesting is that I was doing uh, some uh, fill in work. For Legion of Superheroes, that was my first DC work, and while doing that, I would just make comments here and there, just 
ideas I had for Green Lantern, but never thinking that that would you know, gain any traction anytime soon. But I was brand new there. You know, didn't know who I was. And so uh, I thought about different things that I had been playing around with in my sketchbook as far as designs and concepts. And I would, that would just come up, you know, as a side note here and there in conversation, never knowing that the, the assistant editor on Legion was also the assistant editor on Green Lantern. So they were kind of keeping tabs on like, hmm, this guy, he, he might be uh, something to consider. So actually when, when uh, I first got the, the, the opportunity to work on Green Lantern, Kyle wasn't even fleshed out with it was it, I mean the whole idea was still in a real murky kind of a, a, a situation where I, it was a different writer uh, what was his name uh, Jerry Gerald something I, I'm, I'm sorry yeah, I yeah Gerard Jones but yeah 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 that's it and so I actually did like six pages until they just said nope nope this isn't this isn't this isn't working. This isn't what we want. We, we want to go further than this. So um, it was like back to formula and they brought on Ron Mars and then uh, it just really started to take off. And the, the funny thing is I didn't, obviously I was in no, in no position to make any requests, but I thought, well, you guys want to do a lot of changes, it seems like, but as long as you don't kill off Kilowog, I'll be fine with it. And I can picture <laughs> the expression on my editor's face going, wow, should I tell him? <laughs> because we just covered that the last episode you know how blasting kilowog to a skeleton <laughs> yeah it's it, it's nice to know that that the, the 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 creative people behind the scenes are also in the same state as like the reader where it's like please don't kill off this character and then you know mm -hmm. it, it happens and then usually with the advent of the internet, there's usually an irrational reaction and 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 all that kind of stuff ensues. But it's yeah, it's a, it was a shocker when we when we covered it too. So yeah, um, but that's that's pretty cool that you it all started from you just you know sketching and, and having your own ideas and then it morphed into into uh, into that. Um, and Daryl, if I can ask you, I know in the past we've talked a little bit about Sunfire being the inspiration for Kyle's mask. Can you tell us any more about some of the other characters and influences you may have had in creating Kyle's look? Well, keep in mind this was this was smack dab in the nineties and and excess was the order of the day, especially with what was going on in the image and some of the early ideas I had for Kyle looked just like that. He I mean, he looked so nineties it hurt. <laughs> and so uh, my my editor Kevin Dooley was like, no, 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 we this is way too complicated. Um, he he was like, after 22 pages of this, you'll thank me. You we, we kept it simple. And I just remember thinking, yeah, but I want him to look like you know, I want him to be like a cool guy. And it's like you know, we, we we'll accomplish that, but we gotta we gotta make sure that what he creates is is gonna you know get more attention than just what he looks like. But like I said, this was the '90s. This was this. <laughs> go back and find some old Wizard magazines, and you'll see what <laughs> what things were like. Yeah. So uh, with with Parallax, that was. I mean, I kind of knew right out of the gate what I wanted him to look like. I really only did one design, but then I did some alternates just almost to underscore this is the look that we should go with. And the only main difference uh, from my first sketch was that he had the symbol on his mm -hmm. chest at first they said no get rid of that because it won't make sense and 
of course, I hadn't seen the script yet, so you know, I didn't get the time. Like, well, why wouldn't he have the symbol? Like, oh, oh, now I see why he wouldn't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, originally it would have made sense because the the original concept was there to kind of be a war between factions of the Guardians and how was going to break away and be called Protector. That that was just kind of a working name. But then Ron came on board, and the two of you kind of, you know, uh, collaborated and took the story in a different way. And, you know, you mentioned the 90s. I do want to say this. If not for you and Ron reinventing Green Lantern and taking Kyle, making Kyle and taking the title in a fresh direction, Green Lantern really didn't have a place in comics at that time. You talk about all of these new, fresh, over-the-top characters. I don't think it was connecting you know, the older characters like Hal, who I like, and Guy, with the younger crowd at the time. Because when you compare him to Overkill and Spawn and, uh, you know, Bad Rock and these other characters, it looked kind of dated. And what you guys did was reinvent Green Lantern and freshen him up. I like to think of it as like we marvelized him. Um, mm. you know, as a kid, you know, I, I like some DC, but, you know, I was, you know, 98% marvel growing up so everything that that i approached with i thought about marvel <laughs> you know? so h- however just because there were a lot of gimmicks at the time we never approached it like a gimmick i mean yeah we had a glow-in-the-dark cover for issue 50 but we didn't think of oh this is going to be a cheap gimmick that'll get some spike the sales for a while then it'll go back to normal afterwards mm-hmm. we approached it like we did comics that we would like to enjoy and we figure if we if we uh, had a, a, a good opinion of it. Others would as well. Well, it's funny from my perspective. I came in to Green Lantern in general late, uh, and I started with uh, a couple of trades. and And my friend got me into uh, to Green Lantern, and the Green Lantern. He said, "Because the only the only exposure to Green Lantern that I had previously was the Justice League animated series." So. When he, he said to me, he said, you should try Green Lantern. And I said, well, what do you mean? The guy from the cartoon with the, with the ring? And, the, and he's like, yeah, but it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like the way he explained it. He's like, Star Wars meets Superman with a little bit of Spider-Man in there. Because he, he was a big fan of of Kyle. That's when he had started reading Green Lantern. Kyle was the main, was the main, uh, was the main Lantern. So... I, and he told me which what to start with, so I went and basically got a, a trade or two, and this was before like rebirth happened. So I was I, I was doing a lot of catch up and like, like through like back issues and stuff, and then you know I, I I come on to rebirth and stuff. But so really my introduction came later, and one of the things I noticed as I was reading was that, like the mask really caught my attention. Like it was, it was so unique. It looked like so different. It wasn't your standard, you know, domino mask or or right. anything like that. And, and so th- that's just a like it really makes him distinct from all the all the other the other lanterns. And in general, the way I am, with the exception of with the exception of Superman, my hero's gotta have a mask. <laughs> Superman's the, Superman's the only one where I'm like, okay, no mask, I'll allow it. Like it's it's good. You you're Superman. That's acceptable. But so, but yeah, it's like I just I was captivated by the look and then the stories. I I get what you. I totally understand when you say you know you marvelize it because there are there are elements of like 
Spider-Man there, the, the, like similarities where you can sort of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Though, yeah. though, I, I much buy, I, I, I buy Kyle. You know, uh, more, like having the girlfriends that he had, as opposed to Peter Parker, because I'm like, <laughs> really, really? Peter Parker's going to date a model? I don't, I don't. Right, right. I, I don't buy that. <laughs> well, can I ask you this, Daryl? Like, whose idea was it to come up? Who talked about Peter Parker as kind of influencing Kyle's early incarnations? Well, when Ron had said that he wanted to have this young, inexperienced lantern, I mean, Peter Parker is kind of the the icon of that kind of a trope. You know what I mean? I mean, to the to the point where the whole uh, you know he needed a reason to be a hero. Just having powers wasn't motivation enough. And just like Peter Parker had Uncle Ben, I think we all know what what Kyle's motivation ended up being. And so, yeah, it was there were there were a lot of parallels, and it was it was intentional. It wasn't one of those things where we tried to to go like, oh, I, I don't I don't see that similarity at all. Like, no, it, that was intentional. You know, uh, really, the creative process uh, influences a big part of that. And, and uh, sure. so, I would definitely say that you know Peter Parker was an influence on Kyle Rayner. Yeah, you can definitely see the parallels. I mean, that's that's why I tell people why this run is really my favorite run of any character in any comics is because there is a fusion of so many elements here, and it's so beautiful, and the writing is so great. And for me, it was like experiencing so many types of fiction that I liked all at the same time. And obviously, it made an impression on me because... You know, here I am 26 years later and, you know, I'm talking to you and Adam and I are doing this podcast and I just can't get enough of this. No matter how many times I read this, it is still sublime. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's re- rereading it because I, I haven't read this this run like from the from the start of it, you know, since I got into that. So now I have all this you know, this further stuff and, and more stuff with Hal. So I have a different level of, of, of no, I'm not an expert like uh, on this scale of Donnie, but, but I have more, uh, more knowledge of the Green Lantern character and mythos. So it's like, see, you, you see it through a different lens and it, it's like one thing I take away with it. And, and I've been complaining about this for mm-hmm. months and, and so forth, but we really, I, I think ever, when did that, when did the uh, anniversary issue come out with the, with the, the Kyle story. That was, was a couple months recent. ago? Yeah, couple that was a couple of months ago. I, I remember I had, uh, when I was approached to do it, that was, I mean, we were deepened towards the be- you know the beginning of the whole COVID thing, and I thought, are they even going to be able to publish comics? How will that work? But, you know, yeah. we, we did it, and I really like how it came out. Uh, all I kept saying after the after I read the story, I was like, okay, they need to put Kyle back in the book, because this is... <laughs> This being gone and, and God knows where and appearing in a handful of Titans issues, it doesn't work for me. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how 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 they're not doing anything with the character. Like 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 how's great Good and all, but, but it's just like the world is so expansive. And I'm not saying we need you know ten thousand different Lantern books, but I've always what I've always told Donnie. Is that there should at minimum be be two? Like you can have one solo book and one, you know, a core book, but but highlighting the the other human 
lanterns as the leads, right? I, I think there's a, a way you can, you know, have each lantern get the spotlight. And I think it's... it's I think. With this kind of rich mythology, you're not doing more than one book. I, I think it's... There's something wrong there. So hopefully, they, hopefully somebody over there says, "Yeah, we should bring Kyle back because uh, it's uh, it was such a good book and it, and it felt like like you guys just stepped back right into like you know right into a rhythm as if a yeah, day I mean, hadn't gone by." <laughs> I, I felt like it was it was you know going back to like a class reunion kind of a thing. But you know, no one's really aged. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the characters don't. Everybody else does. But it's like, all right. But yeah, no, it's it's it was it was great. So, um, Donnie, is there anything else you wanted to specifically ask before we sort of dive into the the three stories? No, I think there's so much we can ask him as we go along yeah. here. So let's let's dive right in with issue number fifty-one, story called "Changing of the Guard." So. Daryl, what can you tell us about you know the the earliest drawings that you did for this? Let's see, issue fifty one. Well, I remember beginning with the cover. Um, not really. I had an idea of I wanted to show he was originally from from L.A., but the the you know I was told by someone who lived there like oh well that view isn't really accurate. And I'm thinking, pretty sure I used reference because not like I would know what that looked like, but. Um, I, I know I wanted to have it feel like it was a mirror in some ways to issue 50, you know, like it all, it all ends here and it all begins here, you know, and, uh, with, uh, you know, Kyle at first, you know, he still had the, the default green lantern costume. And I thought, well, you know, when do we get to, you know, when do I get to the part where I, we use this redesigned suit? And, uh, honestly, you know, a lot of people like that first reveal page, but looking back, it's like, well, I almost wish I'd use a different pose, but it kind of fitted his personality, like him doing this Mister Universe thing. Well, like, I, obviously, I mean, I like it because I have, yeah, yeah, two graded copies of it, and but uh, I remember sorry, uh, uh, every chance I got. I, oh no, uh, go ahead. I, I was just thinking uh, there was something I put in there that probably. I'm surprised that they were okay with. Um, I gave Alex a uh, an LA Raiders jersey, and you know you you really can't put copyrighted stuff like that in comics just to that degree. But my my reasoning was I wanted to underscore that they were in California, especially I wanted you to be able to tell you know when he went to New York you would see a difference you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, all this is whatever I can put together because I didn't have a computer then, and I definitely wasn't traveling. So it's like kind of um, what I imagined L.A. and and New York to look like, you know, just based on books and things I could find. But yeah. uh, other than that, this, the first uh, the first villain, Ohm, you know, that was I mean, it was it was a throwaway, and it kind of thinking back, it was it kind of looked like it. I thought, well, you know, why does he even look like that? Like, um. Well, with those cords hanging off the helmet, I think I, I maybe I was watching a Predator movie or something like that. Or like, yeah, well, I, I, I did like, notice that. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, it looks kind of like Predator, which is not a bad thing. Um, but it, I can, you said you called them a throwaway, but I kind of like that the, the aspect of it. I always thought, well, wouldn't it be fun if he showed up again? But he never did. Yeah, like to me, it felt like the the, the fact that you say throwaway, it reminds me of like a video game where you start with different, you know. Like 
you start off with a villain, and each villain before you get to the big bad. Right, you know, right. There's there's degrees of difficulty, right? So. <laughs> It's like yeah, a sub-boss. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, all right, this is like level one. It's all right. I mean, you shouldn't be that difficult to dispatch. Right. But I, right. I, I, I got to say, rereading this, it's it's really, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's really weird to see Kyle in the traditional Lantern outfit. Yeah. Like, it, it took a while for me to get you. It's like, wait a minute, now I got to recry. I got to recalibrate where I am in the story again. It's like, I'm going back to the beginning. Okay, this is this is this is normal, but it doesn't last too long. But it was, uh, but I, I I loved the I love the idea of him going like when he, you know, when he realizes he has these, when he's trying to figure out what to do with with his ring, you know, all the all this power, that he goes back to to a loved one. Like I, I love the fact that it's like immediately he's going for advice. So you get that sense of he's not an expert. He's not, you know, we're not dealing with a Barry Allen or a, a Superman who knows what they're doing. Like, this is a guy that's just like, like he's overwhelmed and you could tell. And I, and I like that. And even with the, like certain expressions that, that, that you give him, you, you like, you can get a sense of he's out of his element. So I, I, I really, yes, I, I really like that. <laughs> I, I really, I really like that aspect of it. And I like the fact that, we're as like as Kyle's beginning his story. We're going. We're experiencing the the ups and downs with him, and, and that's I think part of the appeal of the character. At least for me, that's it was. what we were going for. It's almost like the reader will learn as he learns. Right. Yeah. And well, and you, you hit the ground running with that, Daryl, because the first image we see is Kyle getting tossed into a department store <laughs> between, between all this lingerie. And, you, you know, so you guys immediately were like, we're going to put this guy in danger. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he says that my name's Kyle Rayner and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was, it was, a, it was a good way to start the issue. Really, throw, <laughs> no pun intended, but it really throws you into the into the into the scenario. Um, Literally, yeah. And I do want to ask. I, I got to ask Daryl this. I noticed that the way you did the credits, you know, you put your own name and Ron Mars and everybody else, and I also noticed your nickname, Bankster, on one of the buildings. Did I, you know? I, 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 why I haven't looked at it in a while. Did I? Yeah, it's funny. I probably did. Yeah, <laughs> yes, is, you did. This is why Donnie's a co-host on this show. He See? picks up on these he things. Picks up on that. Yeah. Um, now here's another bit of a, a tiny Easter egg. You know, as an anime fan, the window he's being thrown he's thrown into an uh, into the lingerie shop. It's actually Silky Doll. Now Silky Doll is to uh, fans of Bubblegum Crisis that one of the members of the Night Sabers she has the laundry. Uh, Silky Doll. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, this is the American branch of Silky Doll. So <laughs> if you see the sign, it's like, well, right. why does that say that? Well, that's that's a little Easter egg there. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I would have never picked up on that. That's that's cool. Um, and I love like, like what I, what I enjoyed about it was that you, you like even he's the Green Lantern. He's got this ring, and as soon as they approach, uh, you know. The danger area. He's being told, "Stay in the car and don't do anything stupid." So you're already getting the sense of he's not the most um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
responsible yeah <laughs> like it's like yes we're dealing with a 20 something person but it's not like he's not the most level-headed um adult who can you know he's still <laughs> and it's just the, the the relationship between the two of them is is great to watch play out and it's not it, it's not unrealistic is what i what I'm trying to get at, like it's very, it's very, it's a relationship that you could probably, you know, either watch play out in real life or experience yourself, which is, which I think is, which adds to the book. Um, I think so. I think so. Daryl, can I ask you this question? Alexandra DeWitt is she is absolutely beautiful. The way you drew her, do you have any particular inspiration for her? No, not not at all. And I I tend to like to like fan cast characters I draw, uh, but some I just either never got around to it or just couldn't f find someone that uh, inspired me to base them on. Like for example, believe it or not, I never really found someone who I had for Kyle. Kyle, I just had to always make it up, and I always regret it that I'm like the main character. I just never found that person that that kind of. Uh, I, I wanted to use as a jumping off point or as a foundation. Now, for Hal, it was easy. How my Hal Jordan is Dennis Quaid. Oh, okay. uh, if if you've ever seen the movie Enemy Mine, where yes. he's in the the jumpsuit, um, I mean that's Hal Jordan. Or if you've ever seen, uh, I guess it was a romantic comedy with Wilder Napalm, where he's got the flaming powers. I mean that's Parallax. You know the crazy Hal. So it's like you get both versions of you know Dennis Quaid and the, the the two stages of Hal Jordan. If you ever see those two go, oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so for him that was easy. But for Kyle and, and Alex, not not really. So now years years later, do you if I asked you, do you have a, somebody in mind that you would like if Hollywood came to you tomorrow and said, all right, we're gonna and this is this is highly unlikely because Warner Brothers and the whole nine yards. But if they came to you and said we're going to put Kyle Rayner in the movie, <laughs> who would you cast? Would, would you have somebody uh, in mind for I, for I those two characters? No, interesting. I, I well, I wish I did. I, I maybe see some auditions or something. But there's nobody in my mind where I'm thinking this guy. That's that's Kyle. You know, I, I it might be an unknown. Just you know, when I was a kid and the Superman movie came out. Yeah. Um, even though he'd have he had previous credits, I'd never heard of Christopher Reeve, so right. that was great. So in my mind, he was Superman. You know, yeah. it's kind of like I don't know where this guy is from. Obviously, Superman isn't real, but because he was an, an unknown to me, that added to it. Yeah, so it's, I think it's an easier sell. I, I agree with you with that for sure. It's certainly an easier an easier thing to. But yeah, I even even me, who's now like, you know, we've seen so many superhero shows and movies. I can't even think of an actor that say, yeah, okay, that's the guy I pick. Like it, it's there, there's not one that I would say, you know, that that's my fan cast. So yeah, I, an unknown would be good, I think. Uh, yeah, Daryl, I've always wanted to ask you this question. You know, in Kyle shows up uh, right after we see Kyle battling Ohm, we see him go to you know the the scene cuts to Alexandra's apartment. And she says, you know, why should I let you in at this late hour? And he kind of gives her the smoldering look. And he's like, because you can't resist me. I always wonder, when you were dating Deidre, did you give her that look? Were you ever like, hey, I'm the bankster, baby? <laughs> um, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I would I would love the the right answer should have been oh of course I was I'm uh, always just an irresistible guy to women like um, but then the reality is <laughs> no I was not like that <laughs> um, that's too funny yeah, yeah. that's I, 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 I wish I, I wish I did <laughs> that, that's that's good but uh, even just like. Going to the just just to comment on the you know the big reveal page where where we see him. In, uh, wait, am I am I jumping? Did I did I jump an issue? No, it's the reveal issue. It's the reveal page where we first see him in in his in his you know new suit in the new outfit. That is such a like when you think when I think of superhero reveals. Mm-hmm. It's such a unique shot, like like the, the beach setting uh, behind the you know they're standing on the beach and and it's just like something that you'd never think of as like a your stereotypical or traditional you know big superhero reveal. Uh, so I really uh, and it, like he's doing the whole. Of course, I think there's in terms of his pose with the muscle flexing. Is that is that a wrestling influence there? That you know, honestly, that was I couldn't think of what to do. I didn't want him <laughs> okay. to look. Too, I didn't want him to look too dramatic and heroic because that, that's just not. He wasn't there yet, and I yeah. thought, well, you know, this is a guy. He's still not really taking this that seriously. So he would just, you know, obviously he's got the suit. He probably with the ring, he might have give himself a little bit more of a six pack or whatever. So he's kind of doing a little flex or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that'll work. You know, right, not yeah. really wrestling, although. Uh, after he fights Ohm and he's he uh, he's got one foot on his chest. That was from the famous uh, Ultimate Warrior with his foot on Randy Savage after uh, yes, the yes. <laughs> yeah yeah at WrestleMania yeah. at WrestleMania seven. That's where I, that's know, right. I, I noticed that one. I'm like, all right, yeah. I know where I know what this is. <laughs> but there's also Ric Flair and Sting are in the background in, in the crowds and congratulating. Uh, it, that might be a little hard to, to pick them out, but no, Sting has the there. sunglasses on. He's in oh, the crowd. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm yeah. just noticing that now. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. How did I not see that before? That's you know, that's the a... wrestling. It all started with when I was doing Legion stuff. I um, I had Big Van Vader in a huh. in a background of an alien crowd scene, and I figure no one would be able to pick him out because you know it's not like it was Hulk Hogan or Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the assistant editor goes, "That's Vader," and I'm thinking, "How did you know?" He goes. We're in New York City, and we're right down the street from Madison Square Garden. Yeah, we know who Big Van Vader is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? So um, I said, is, is that okay? Said, yeah, that's, that's fine. And so um, at, I got an opportunity to do a pinup of uh, some Legion characters fighting. I said, well, can I have, it was a Ultra Boy versus the Persuader. I had him put the abdominal stretch on him, you know. And uh, they loved it. And so um, any, any chance I, I can put some wrestling in there, they were fine with it. That's awesome. Yeah. And although, you know, you mentioned Hulk Hogan, although this is down the road, this is not in this issue. One of your, the times that Major Force kicked Kyle in the face, it definitely seemed to be Hulk Hogan. Yeah. What way were you using? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That was, that was totally, you're the first person that, that picked up on that. You were absolutely the first person to pick up on that. And well, there was, and there was also there was a DDT, there was a double arm overhead choke, and uh, there was also an elbow drop. A couple times, you seem to use Macho Man as a as an inspiration for an el- elbow drop pose. 
Well, the only time I was really concerned about wrestling was in issue 50 with the, the final battle with Hal and Sinestro, where he DDTs him, camel clutches him, and then kills him with the sleeper. I thought, there's no way. I, I, I just did it just to see how if I could get away with it. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, it, really? A DDT? <laughs> yeah. And so I thought, I thought they were like, oh, this, that, take that cheapens the moment. It's not serious enough. They, they left it. It's all there. <laughs> I think we, we I think we mentioned some wrestling uh, maneuvers in that in the last episode, didn't we? Uh, I think I think we oh, noticed. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that why it made such an impact on me is because you didn't see these kinds of moves depicted before, and it was so different. I was like, he's using wrestling moves here. Hal Jordan is using wrestling moves, and then Kyle, he's using wrestling moves. It was so just amazing to see this drawn for the first time in a superhero comic. See, it's funny because I wasn't reading back when, like when when they were coming out monthly. So it's like, I and I got a kick out of it, like after the fact, you know, when I started reading in, in the early two thousands. But had I had I started reading then, you know, at, at the height of my, you know, watching wrestling, like every chance I I could get, I would have I would have been, been over the moon with that. I, um, so yeah, it's it's. Because you, you can even see it, in, uh, but at least I see it. Maybe it's just my playing, seeing what I want to see. But in 52, the cover of 52, uh, there you could see like a, a reverse bear hug kind of thing going on by the, by the look of it. At least that's what it looks like to me. That's, uh, you would be correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, and as soon as I'm like, oh, yeah, Mongo giving him a bear hug. All right, there's another. It's like we, we should maybe we should start with Donnie. I don't know about you, but. As we go through this run, maybe we should start a, a drinking game every time we see a wrestling maneuver <laughs> every time see a in the, in the yeah. book. Um, we, we only drink water, though. So, yeah, we promote yeah. a healthy lifestyle here. So our, okay. our, livers, our livers won't hate us too much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, is there anything you want to you key in on, Donnie, uh, from issue 51 that we haven't kind well, of Well, no, we do see at the end of 51 that, you know, Mongol is – you know, he's broken out of the slab and he swears to go kill Green Lantern and Superman. And the reverse bear hug that you're talking about, that's the cover to issue 52. So yeah. that's why we see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Daryl, I noted that on this issue, it was co-drawn with Steve Carr and Jamal Eagle. So can you tell me and tell the, the readers of uh, the readers, the listeners a little bit about what it's like to work with, you know, other artists on the same issue? Um, when, when you're, when you're young, slow and lack confidence, you need help. <laughs> um, and that was, that was me all over during that. I, it, it amazes me. I was on the book that long. I mean, it, and I, there's no way that, uh, when you mentioned Green Lantern in the 90s, you, you can't go without mentioning guys like, uh, Paul Pelletier, Jeff Johnson, uh, even, uh, Jamal Eigel's pages. Uh, even Steve Carr. I mean, the thing is, I used to be so concerned. Like they're just going to give the book to those guys. They're they're better and faster, et cetera. But they they the, the DC management they they you know they they stuck they stuck in there with me and you know through thick and thin. And I'm glad they did. But I just think about how it was great seeing these other artists take on it and how they struggled with the mask and everything. <laughs> but, uh, but they did an amazing job. All of them did. Now I don't know if you drew this page, Daryl, but in the in the issue, the where there's the credit, like there's the credits of writer, artist, you know, uh, editor, and all that stuff. 
the way it was it was placed in like what looks to be like film reel. I thought oh, that was that was, re- that was Steve Carr. I think that was Steve Carr. Yeah. Was that his decision or was that a collaborative decision? Because I thought that was quite quite a clever. A clever well, that was way probably of... between him and Ron. I you know I just remember seeing those and okay. and I just remember going oh, oh boy that's sure is nice. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah it was, it was <laughs> really cool. Bar, it's, it's kind of like. It was oh, really cool. Yeah, I, I was like, wow, I, yeah. I like that motorcycle as well. Yeah, and the the whole the whole aspect of him like seeing what he can do and posing for pictures. It it remind now it's kind of reverse the reverse effect, but it reminded me of those scenes in the Shazam movie where he's you know testing his powers and right and Freddy's videotaping, which. To me, I thought that was one of my, the funnest parts of the movie. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I, I, like, again, if they ever did anything with Kyle in, in live action, can we, have a, can we have this kind of recreated? I think that would be really fun to, to, to do. Um, but, well, but yeah. So can, can I ask you a question here, Daryl? Whose decision was it to draw Alex, to have Kyle create a construct of Alex in the bikini? Oh, that was that was also Ron and, and Steve Carr, and you know she smacks him like, you know, what are you doing now? She wasn't really upset, you know. That's kind of like that whole, you know, couples thing that you know, yeah. conflict type of thing. But you know, once again, I, I thought that was great. And and that's something that that's what I was mentioning earlier in the sense that it feels like a everyday relationship. It doesn't feel like something. You know that's that's forced or manufactured. You, like you could buy these two people, just being a normal everyday couple. That was and, actually almost a problem because you know people were really starting to to get attached to Alex. Alex was kind of like, yeah, but she's Uncle Ben. She's her 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 days are numbered. And it's kind of like I remember my editor uh, was saying like, you know, we got a lot of letters. You know, with what we did with Hal, but we got way more over the death of Alex. And Hal Jordan has been around since what 1961 or whenever it was, and you know, Alex 1959, around, yeah, 59. <laughs> so, but with but with uh with Alex, she made what three appearances? Yeah, for three. I don't think it was four issues. Yeah. Uh, but my point was, she was almost too well flushed out. But see, once again, if 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 she felt like a real throwaway character, her death wouldn't have had any impact. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's funny when I saw the the page of him creating the construct of her, I'm like, well, I can't blame him. I would have done the same thing. Right. <laughs> if you would have given me a ring, well, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I would have, I would have done something similar. So I was, I was, you know, fist bumping the because uh, the, the, I'm, I'm reading the digital version. So I was fist bumping the screen. I'm like, hey, yeah, we, we, we the same wavelength. Um, but it, it's fun to watch him. One of the things I'm curious about, just in general, but is creating the constructs for him because it's 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 weird. All the stuff that he's created over the years, it's it feels weird to see him holding a sword and a shield. It's like that's it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so used to him, holding, you know, creating all these other uh, other you know fancy crazy things. It's like really oh, okay, that's that's unique. Um, so, like, what what goes into as an artist on Green Lantern? How much, like, how hard is it to come up with what's he going to create with the ring? Oh, it's it's actually pretty easy. Um, what's funny is that I had I had I gave an idea to myself was to always try to make the ring creations more 
visually interesting because um, growing up, you know, I was aware of the, you know, the great Neil Adams and uh, his work on Green Lantern, but the ring creations were just okay. You know, mm. the artwork was just a masterpiece, but boxing glove, vacuum sweeper. So I thought, you know, let's make what he creates very visually stunning. Mm. And so my editor goes, well, I want to make a mandate where if Kyle creates a shield two issues in a row, the shield can't be the same. I'm thinking, done. Like, okay, this issue, it's a medieval shield, and the next time it's got to be a, a, a giant turtle shell, or after that it's got to be uh, an anime-looking shield, and after that, you know, uh, a giant hubcap, who knows? But it just can't be the same creation, even if it's performing the same function. Yeah. No, it's, it's something I've always wondered, because I'm like... First of all, I can't draw to save my life, so I would never have the, the talent to, to do what you guys do. But to, to come up with stuff like for every issue, I, I don't know if I would be able to, to manage. It's like, well, I don't know how they do it. So I always, I, any time an artist is doing Green Lantern, I always give them the extra, extra props because it's like that's that's an added, an added you know thing that they've got to that they've got to deal with. Whereas if you're drawing Superman, you know, it's pretty much, you know, you like, you know what you're going to get into when you're drawing Superman. Yeah. He's got to fly, he's got the heat vision, maybe, you know, the right, the, right. the, the freeze breath, but, yeah, but it's it's pretty much, all right, I, I know what I'm doing here. Whereas with Green Island, it's like, it literally, like, the ring is basically at the mercy of the artist's imagination. So whatever you can you know, think of, um, and I really like the I'm not the, the the major force introduction, like the or or like his first appearance on the scene here, in the in the prison the prison riot kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That was a really cool, uh, visually striking um, appearance. Like, I, really caught me. I I stopped and. And stared at that image for a while. That was uh, it was quite it was you know. It was, uh, I, I do want to interject though, as far as the constructs go. That's that's something that really uh, you know attracted me to Kyle is because it's like you say, Daryl. I had seen you know I'd read so many Green Lantern comics before that, but you were the first person to let us know that Kyle's imagination was like unlimited, and you could see that in the constructs. It's like that told mm -hmm. so much of the story of who Kyle was. Without the dialogue, I mean, we, you you know, Ron wrote some wonderful dialogue, but you told us so much about Kyle's mind through those constructs that it was just a wonderful experience. Oh, thanks, thanks. Uh, that, that's what we were going for because, uh, you know, really, if, if if you can take ten people, give them all power rings, and they would probably can, can you know, start to construct a lot of different things, really based on things that matter to them, things that entertain them, or just whatever's on the forefront of their mind, almost like word association, the first thing that pops into your mind, you know. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, like I said, it's just very impressive how, how what, what, what do you guys come up with for the ring to, to create, to create? Um, and, and we even, again, we even see a continuation of, of, you know, after the, sort of uh, mongol breakout scene we, we're back we're back on the on the beach area and, and it's kyle sort of honing his his ability with the ring 
and you know he's creating motorcycles and stuff. So I I, I like 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 I said I like the, the 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 fact that you both really emphasized his novice kind of status and the fact that he's not an I I think that makes him more relatable. Like like for, as somebody who just had come into Green Lantern. I, I didn't have all the history with with Hal and what I like I think I remember I didn't even pick up the issues preceding it. I, I picked up starting with I'm pretty sure it was fifty one. Oh, okay. that, that, that so I didn't have all the background of okay, this is what happened with how this is all this all of a sudden it was just here's the guy, here's the ring. And it was the way it was written was like you guys gave us enough that I could jump in and not be overwhelmed with what the heck is going on here. Yeah, we wanted a good jumping on point so that people would feel like, you know, I don't have, I'm not, I don't have to go back very far to be able to, you know, really identify with the characters and enjoy the story. Because back, back then, correct me if I'm wrong, they, both DC and Marvel didn't have that, weren't as trigger happy with the let's, let's go back to number one scenario. Right. Whereas now it seems like every two years it's like, all right, here, here's a new number one because, <laughs> which is which is a pain when you're trying to organize your collection and it's like, okay, wait a minute, where's this again? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's it's the fact that you made it so accessible, um, is is a testament because, like I said, I was coming in, the only the only exposure I had was Justice League the animated series and that was John. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, I'm just. So Daryl, let me ask you. You know, the end of Fifty Two is the is the big battle when Mongol arrives on the beach to take his revenge on Superman and who he thinks is Hal Jordan. Obviously, it's not Hal. But were you excited to draw Mongol? I was, but even more for Superman. Although it was Mullet Superman, but um, <laughs> I thought having Kyle meet you know, these superheroes, it was almost like I, I like me meeting Superman. It's kind right, of like, yeah. I felt like it legitimized the characters. Like, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's meeting, you know, one of the, you know, the, the cornerstone characters for the company. And I remember thinking, what if one day, you know, who knows 30 years from now, Kyle ends up on in the justice league. Never know. I mean, at the time I, that was just not even, uh, not even discuss Kyle and the Justice League, but you know we know that eventually happened. But that was the furthest thing. I just I'd never imagined that that we would get that far with the character. But having him meet with Superman, drawing Mongol was great because I mean that was a Jim Starlin designed character, if I'm not mm. mistaken. And you know uh, that's a whole other conversation of my opinion of the the great Jim Starlin and and his contribution to the industry. Wow. And I, I do like that page where where Alex is kind of standing in between Kyle and Mongo. Like even her, she's got no no in that moment, like no trepidation, no fear. It's just like you, you have this overbearing physical monster, <laughs> and she's just in between. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like like I'm I like I have to protect Kyle, and it's just again. What I what really strikes me about that page is the facial expressions. It, it, like it sells the it sells the emotion that you're supposed to get out of it. And so it's, it's, it's 
I'm always critical of my facial expression. That's to something to this day I'm just trying to really get better at to, to my own satisfaction, really. Well, I, I really appreciate what you did on that, especially on that last page there. It was it, it, it got the job done, so so it was good. <laughs> um, and then you, you mentioned it, so I guess, uh, is there anything you want to mention about 52, uh, uh, Donnie? Or are we, are we kind of bleeding? Well, I think we're ready to jump into the, the yeah. big battle with Superman is, is issue yeah. 53. And, uh, and Daryl did get Superman for the cover. And I have all three of these autographed up on a shelf. Um, but awesome. you had to feel validated, Daryl, that, you know, that here's Superman. We're going to bring him on board. So that had to be something that was exciting for you. Tell us about your feelings about, you know, when, when you were first told, hey, Superman's going to be part of this. And what were the discussions like with like Ron and Romeo at the time? We really it was we were thinking about you know we're off to the races where we're going with this character now. This, believe it or not, I mean I was you know really blown away that Superman was in it, but I was also thinking, what's next? You know he's he's met Superman like the, I felt like he was he was validated in the story and also at the company. They, they weren't just thinking oh. You know, it's just over. I had no idea how long Kyle would stick around. I mean, if, if I had to guess, I'd say, oh, you know, we're, we're working on the book, I figured, well, if we can get, I think, two good years out of this character before he, you know, heads into the sunset, I think would be, you know, we could call it a good success. But, you know, never knowing that in 2020, he's, st he's still around, sort of. You know. But at the time, I had no idea. So, you know, it was kind of like as much we can... Uh, have him do some interesting things the better but with uh but with uh you know once again we wanted to show things with as you know show the reader how the character was progressing and and i remember um uh, i was at a show and someone said oh uh, i was i was uh at a, a jerry ordway panel and he he referenced your work and i thought they were kidding i said you know jerry ordway was someone i used to show my work trying to break in the industry and so I went over to him. I, I felt like the per I didn't believe the person, but I just went over just to, to say hi. And he goes, oh, Daryl Banks, I was just talking about you. I'm like, it was such a fulfillment. I, I learned. And so about the uh, Kyle creates the, the, the Amtrak, but called it Slam Track. <laughs> yeah, I noticed <laughs> that, that. Yeah, it's written on the side, Slam Track. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that was in the. I don't think that was in the script. I think just Kyle creates something and and hits Mongol. I thought, well, I didn't want to just make a big hammer, a big fist. I'm like, okay, well, how, how about a train? You know, uh, I'm yeah. almost like uh, uh, Wiley e. Coyote and and Roadrunner. You know, just you know, crazy over the top things. You know, and also I I don't know if you intended it, but with the train, I thought it was a nice nod to the whole. You know, the Superman thing where it's, what, what is he, uh, more powerful than a normal? Yeah. I don't know if that was I a... I was thinking of that. That's, I, I use it. So, yeah, I was thinking of a parallel between those two ideas. Like, no, actually, actually I, I didn't. But I, I like that I like that comparison. Though. Yeah, because as I was reading it, I'm like, oh, okay, more powerful than... I get it. But that's not what it was at all. But we'll just go no. with it. <laughs> uh, I do like the page when, when basically... Kyle's coming back into the fight, and so, like, Superman and Mongo are kind of in the midst of a fight, and then Kyle's about to come down and sort of, you know, try attempt to 
this this big move. That's a great shot. And then he ends up like face first in the water. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't necessarily work out for him because uh, he gets uh, he gets slammed oh, down yeah. pretty good by Monk. That, that's just a great a great uh, a great uh, a great image. And you said earlier that you were uh, some anime or, or manga influences. You could sort you I I could definitely see them specifically in in like the Mongol Superman kind of interactions. Like you, oh, really? I, 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 I get those vibes in, in certain certain panels anyway, not, not all of them, but there are some, yeah. you know, some that really spark that that look. So, um, and then, yeah, the way, the, I, I just got to say, because you mentioned the mullet, the way you draw it, it's not much, of, it's not so much mullet as it is long, just longer hair, which I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of, Discussing with Donnie before we we called him, like, it, it, and Donnie was pointing out, depends who draws it. Sometimes it was a mullet, sometimes it was just longer hair. So, right, but again, right. it's a look that I never mind. Like, I, I know some people complain about, you know, quote unquote mullet Superman. It's a look that I never minded. Like, like it never. I never, just, you know, but, the thing is, I always thought it was funny that you know Superman gets longer hair the exact same time Clark Kent does, and still no one is making that connection. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's more hilarious. of the concerning. Like, that's more of the concerning part. Is like, wait a minute, he works with a bunch of reporters. <laughs> not and very good ones, I guess. Not one of them. Okay, Lois. No, uh, I think at this point she knew. Yeah, because he had died and come back. Yeah, so she knew. Oh. Yeah. But but never mind Lois, but the rest of them? I mean, the editor of the Daily Planet has no idea. It's like, really? What kind what kind of sham of a paper are you people running? Like you can't means that's me saying that the Superman's one of my favorite characters. But it's just like, come on, they both have long hair. How can you how can you not figure it out? Um but the the, the the part where you where you say that um, you know meeting Superman kind of legitimizes and uh, Kyle, you, you really get that sense of like just having as a reader, just reading where Superman you know says you know you're quite capable of the ring or something to that effect. Like you could like you're right. It is the sort of acceptance handshake kind of deal that you're part of you're part of the crew you know like like you're, you you belong here right so um and again i i kyle's kind of like reaction the star stark reaction that he has to superman is something that i think a lot of comic book audiences are missing now and, and i and i wish they'd kind of sort of emphasize to kind of get that back because uh, like I said you're dealing with two-thirds of my favorite characters eh, my favorite heroes in this book with Superman and Granada Batman is the other one uh, but you know he's not here yet uh, or <laughs> but not so yet. yeah so um I, it just it, it was refreshing that to, to see another character have that reverence for for Superman and the way you described it of like that would be your if you were meeting Superman, that would be your reaction as well. So uh, it, it was really cool to 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 see that play out uh, as a fan of of that character as well. So um, yeah, I think it worked uh, really well. And um, I'm trying to think what, what if I 
What, what else? What, what did you? Well, I definitely want to ask Daryl this. Uh, at what point did DC let you know that you would be doing away with the yellow impurity? Because we see Mongol try to use a yellow energy beam to beat Kyle to get the upper hand. And of course, it doesn't work. So can you tell us a little bit about that development with the character, Daryl? That was that was something that we, you know, even in the planning stages, that we knew from the beginning that that, was, that would be one of his abilities, that uh, because of how his ring was uh, formed, because the, the yellow impurity has to, be, has to be put into the ring, and Ganthet didn't have time to do that. So, yeah, we had discussed that from the beginning, but we weren't really sure, you know, how we would showcase that. You know, but we would let the, we kind of let it progress, you know, organically, you know, what would be a good time to show that. But yeah, we, we knew from the beginning that he would have that, you know, he would not be vulnerable to yellow. And also he, he doesn't need to, to recharge his ring every 24 hours. You know, that was something else that changed. It was more based on how much energy he's used. It's more like, you know, uh, stored energy as opposed to, oh, well, 24 hours, you know, no matter how much, you know, how recently he charged the, the ring, it would just go away. And that kind of never made sense. But I mean, I guess it did, but you know, we didn't want him to have that, you know, it's more like he could go a week if he hadn't been using the ring, you know? And I, and I have to say, I, I, I thank you guys for doing that because reading the older issues, like for this podcast, and it's like every second page, they, you know, there's the editor's note of, okay, the ring has a yellow impurity. And, the, and so you get it. It's like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I must've been, Great in 1959 and 1960 when the character was still new, but reading those back and being like, "Oh, here it is again." The reminder that, that yes, he's getting impure. All right, good. So I'm glad that I don't have to. At least well, now that we're reviewing Kyle, I don't have to deal with that. I think they just they for how they wanted to give him a kryptonite. Yeah. So yeah. because he was so powerful, but see, with with Kyle, his kryptonite is his inexperience. You know, mm -hmm, he yeah. he doesn't have the same limitations, but. His limitations are mental. Yeah. No, it's it. But yeah, uh, like I said, as, as a reader, yeah, I thank you for doing away with that because it, it's it, it's it gets it gets frustrating seeing. Okay, yes, we know. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yeah, we got it. We, we're good. Um, well, and one of the things I want to say here too, Daryl, there was a panel in this issue. It's Superman uppercutting Mongol and the energy that you can that you can see with what you drew you almost feel mongol taking this punch because you know superman hits him hard and the body position of mongol is oh my gosh superman just almost knocked his block off <laughs> yeah so it's oh it's just a beautiful image that, that, that's what i mean there, there's there's a reverence for superman like in the writing and in the art which is which is so great. Like, like, I, like as a fan of that character, I, it's it's wonderful to see. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 really appreciated. And so, when just as a as a question, when you are drawing Superman, do you ever get? Did you ever get the sort of? Um, did you ever feel the desire to sort of like have him? look similar to Christopher Reeve or did you just like, no, I'm just going to do my, my own take on it. Like, cause I know somewhere when some people draw him, they, they, they you know, he, he looks 
Like when Gary Frank draws him, he's drawing. That, that, was, that was the example yeah. I was going to use. Now, Gary yeah. Frank has got that down to a science. And it's it's uncanny. It's, it's, it, it so it's, well. it's uncanny. It really, <laughs> it's like, geez, it's kind of freaky. I mean, I, I, I mean, I consider him an influence as well. But back oh, then, no one, Superman was just more like, just, just draw them as iconic and as and as confident okay. as possible because that's right. what he who he is. But as far as uh, the uh, Christopher Reeve influence, no, I. I I wasn't on that level yet. I don't yeah, even, right. honestly, I, I think only Gary Frank can really pull that off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, can I ask you this, Daryl? Was there ever a character you wanted to draw whom you didn't get to draw? Oh, I would imagine. Um, or maybe characters I, I drew and wished I could have drawn more. Um, and The Flash probably topping that list. The Flash uh, and probably yeah. Captain Marvel or Shazam. You know, I, I think... Uh, being able to play in the, uh, in the, in the, I still call him Captain Marvel. That's, that's how I know. But, yeah, um, I, being able to play in that, in that sandbox would have been a blast. The Flash, I, it was more like I just was never fast, never fast enough, ironically. To, <laughs> when I did get to draw him in the book, I wanted to do him the way uh, George Perez used to do it in Justice League, where he wouldn't just draw one figure and a bunch of lines behind it. He would draw like every stride, like so it was like a whole bunch of flashes behind him. And to me, that just, it seemed so much faster, you know, yeah. and uh, I, I I would love to be able to get a chance to draw the Flash the way I, I really wanted to, you know. Yeah, that would be it. It would be it would be something you need to see more of more of your take on the Flash for sure. I, I'd be up for it, and I know I know Donnie would would champion that um, as well. Definitely. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of brings us to the end of these three issues. You know, Kyle's first big battle here uh, with, you know, a long-standing DC villain. So, Daryl, what are you working on these days? Well, um, my uh, my plates consist of, uh, I, I'm a commercial artist for a, a company called Hawthorne Village. It's a division of the Bradford Exchange. Um, you can follow them on Instagram and, and see some of their products. They make a lot of uh, uh, porcelain uh, villages, and they use a lot of uh, licensed property things. I mean, the, the, I've been working with them for about 14 years now. The, the great thing about working with Hawthorne is that uh, I never know what they're going to have me draw next. I mean, I've worked on, you know, we've done some Marvel stuff. We've done some DC stuff. We've done uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Pirates of the Caribbean, nice. the NFL, uh uh, 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 homages to the military. I mean, it's more like, you know, my part of it is more conceptual, but, you know, you look at their products, a lot of keepsake type of things, you know, mm. from the, from something that's like comedy to think that like keepsakes or memorial type of thing, a, a wide spectrum. And, I, and I've always loved doing that sort of thing. And also do uh, a lot of commission work, but comics wise, uh, my co-creator of Harkins Raiders, Alan Cordry, he has a sword and sword story uh, he's put together called Sword of Freya. And so uh, uh, both myself and a few other artists were you know, doing a group of pages and he's kind of putting together a, a sort of a pitch, not so much a, a Kickstarter, but I think he wants to uh, you know, see if it can be picked up by a company. Mm. So uh, that's what's pretty much keeping me busy at the moment. Awesome. I would say comic convention, but uh, that kind of came to a grinding halt for a while unfortunately yeah they stopped there <laughs> 2020 stopped that in a, in a hurry uh, hopefully 
Hopefully sooner rather than later, that'll get back to some uh, some level of consistency. Once we've I got this, so. once we've got this mess, uh, you know, uh, manageable. Yeah. <laughs> um, it would definitely, if you you know, if you, if you ever got got a chance to come back down uh, down my way, it'd be a pleasure to uh, to to meet you and shake your hand. So that's for sure. So hopefully that can happen one day. And uh, and uh, and. Uh, that well, I, I, I would really like to say this, too, if, if before we you know end this podcast, I want to tell our listeners a little bit about the first time I met Daryl, and it was 2017. It, it was in Lexington, Kentucky, and I had read Green Lantern for so many years, and I knew his name, and I had seen him in a couple magazines, but I remember you know, uh, it was a very big Comic-Con, and rounding this corner, and there he was, and I was like my knees unhinged. I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah, like my sweat starts to go down my back. Like what, one of my daughters was like, yeah, I could even see like sweat on your forehead. And my, my, hands were, yeah, my hands were shaking. My mouth goes dry. I mean, we're talking, you know, fanboy sweat here too. So a, a whole different level of sweat. And you know, it's the ugly kind. <laughs> and and I remember is we all, we're all fans of something. I mean, yeah. Donnie, what you described is when I first met the, uh, the the original suit actor for Ultraman, and I was the same way. Like there he is, there he is. <laughs> and uh, you know they they say don't meet your heroes, you'll always be disappointed. That was the exact opposite that day. You were so wonderful to me, and I you know and honestly I'm tearing up right now thinking about it when it was over with. Just that ten minutes out of your life. I went into another room because it was a really big, you know, civic center that we were in there. Mm -hmm. And I sat down near a windowsill and I started to cry a little bit because it was just such a wonderful experience. And to have come to know you and uh, to see, you know, to have come to know your family online and to just you are such a wonderful person. And thank you for blessing my life and Adam's life and all of the Green Lantern fans around the world with your wonderful talent, sir. Well, Donnie, you know, I I have to say the feeling is mutual, and Adam is definitely uh, a pleasure of meeting you as well. Yeah, same, One thing same, I have yeah. to say to, to the viewers and fans is that um, I wouldn't be here without support in, in general, whether it's the fans, whether it's my family, et cetera, and I, I will always be appreciative of that, always, always, always. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's a fantastic story, uh, Donnie. It's a... Uh... It's uh, it's I'm I'm glad you got, you got that experience. Um, despite your emotion, I'm still gonna steal something from your room there. Your green lantern. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has Daryl has Daryl seen that room? He has seen some of it. Yes, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of different places online I have put stuff before, but uh, yeah, he's seen a lot of uh, and it's well, you know, a lot of the uh, the prints are his. It's you yeah. know his art and his autographs. So so I'm getting a crew together, uh, Daryl, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go there one night and just. Uh, Take a couple of things. <laughs> well, you know it's funny when, when you see when you meet a, a a collector that has great things. I remember when uh, I got the opportunity to visit Terry Austin at his home, and I, I was like in a theme park. You know, this amazing things that he's collecting because he's he's a big toy guy just like I am, and it's kind of like, oh man, you know, you're thinking like, you know, if if you ever want to get rid of the, any of this stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. I was impressed when I when he showed me his collection. I'm like, that's that's impressive. Um, so uh, yeah, it's. Um, but no, this was this was a, a pleasure, uh, Daryl. Thank you again uh, for joining us. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can have you back some uh, 
some time to discuss further further down the run as we go through it. Oh, um, I look forward to it. And um, but uh, if people want to uh, keep in touch uh, on social media, where can they do that? Let's do let's do social media plugs. Oh, uh, my Twitter, uh, I'm at Real Bankster, and my Instagram, I'm GL. Awesome. And uh, Donnie, if they want to get in touch with you, where can uh, where can they do that? You can find me as the Emerald Enthusiast on Twitter. I do a lot of well, first of all, I do a lot of retweets of Daryl's art because it's yeah. awesome, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of Green Lantern product reviews. And uh, I'm always down to talk about Green Lantern. I'm down to talk about comics, anything along those lines. Just hit me up, and we can have a conversation. Uh, fantastic! And and uh, if you want to talk to me um, on Twitter, it's Adam underscore Leafs fan. Um, and uh, hit me up there, and we can uh, you can be part of my crew to uh, to raid Donnie's uh, room. But we'll, we'll talk about that via private message because don't want to put that out there on, on the timeline. How about um, how about for now we all just go have how about we all just go have a cup of coffee and a few sandwiches? Yeah, that works too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then we have the the Facebook uh, page, the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network Facebook page. Go there, ask for permission to join the group, and either myself or one of my other co-hosts will add you. Uh, and, until next time, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, and we'll talk to you next time. So Thanks, everybody. everybody. Of all the lanterns who have ever worn the ring, there was one whose light shined brightest. At first, his humanity was thought to be a weakness, and yet it proved to be his greatest strength. Beware my power, Green Lantern's life.